0: Hello and welcome to Inside Your County Government, a podcast that brings you an inside look at the people and events in and around county government to shape your Charles County. I'm your host, Brent Huber. In this episode, we're talking about what happens when it rains, more to the point, what happens to all the water after it rains, where does it go, what does it take with it, and why those answers are important to us all. Joining us today will be Karen Wigan and Erica Hahn from our Planning and Growth Management Department to talk about what happens when it rains. Welcome back. When it comes to stormwater management, I only need to say two words to imply the importance it has to a community. Ellicott City. Joining me right now is Karen Wiggin, Planner with Planning, Growth, and Management. How are you doing, Karen?
1: Good, thank you.
0: Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: So what exactly do you do in PGM, Planning, Growth, Management, that involves stormwater management?
1: I work on the county's planning programs uh, to address the county's stormwater uh, discharge permit. And those are things like watershed restoration plans, stream monitoring, and uh, reporting to the state.
0: Okay. Now, I mentioned Delicate City in the opening because it's gotten a lot of attention in the last two years. Mm -hmm. That was a stormwater management issue to to a point, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, um, the Ellicott City um, situation it illustrates two points really well. One is a, a massive volume of stormwater coming down on the landscape, and and then also floodplains and the importance of uh, floodplains. So basically, the volume of stormwater that came out of the um, the rain clouds um, is huge. Um, and in that case, it was over eight inches. The most recent case, over eight inches, in less than 24 hours. And when it runs off the surfaces, the impervious surfaces, as well as the pervious surfaces, um, and tries to get into the low points, the streams and the rivers, um, it just causes massive flooding, property damage, and even tragic loss of life.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, you said pervious and impervious surfaces. Can you tell our listeners what exactly they are? Because we hear this a lot when we're When we're talking about planning, when we're talking about building houses and permitting, there's always a concern about pervious versus impervious surface.
1: Okay, so impervious surface are rooftops, um, paved surfaces such as parking lots and roads. And when the rain hits these surfaces, it concentrates on the top and then flows off um, directly into the streams. Pervious surfaces are areas like grass and wooded areas where there is some of the rain infiltrates into the ground. But if um, the ground is already saturated, runoff can still occur from pervious surfaces.
0: And that's where the management of the stormwater is particularly important, right? Correct. And, and what efforts does the county take to make sure that that stormwater is getting to where it needs to go and we don't have some type of catastrophic event? I mean, granted that with a large, large volume of rain, all bets are kind of off, aren't they?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's when floodplains really play an important role because when these streams and the rivers overflow the banks, they need, the water needs a place to go. So keeping the floodplains in their natural state can really um, help slow the water, which is good to prevent erosion, but also infiltrate the water to recharge the uh, groundwater levels.
0: Those two things, pervious and impervious, play an important role in managing stormwater and mm-hmm. not just the runoff there's other things that in even in light volume rains that this mm-hmm. water picks up and carries with it talk about some of the efforts that the county takes to to minimize that
1: okay correct um so th- what we really focus on in our stormwater management program is the first flush that is one of the biggest issues because it's kind of like washing off the surfaces and anything that's on the surfaces gets washed off into the streams if we don't first catch it. And these can be things like fluids from automobiles, like oils, grease, um, heavy metals. It can also be fertilizers that are excessive on the lawns, and it can be um, de-icing materials and even grass clippings. So we try to capture all of these pollutants, at least the first flush, because that is contains the most. And let them settle out or filter out through uh, soil or sand mediums. The water that comes after the first flush tends to be cleaner and can often bypass the facilities. Then the facilities are also designed to manage the volume that we've been talking about. And um, we use the volume for two purposes, recharge volume into the ground, but also for channel protection. Protection. Um, we try to keep um, too much volume from eroding the streams because eroding the stream banks is also a source of sedimentation, which can cause muddy waters downstream.
0: Okay, so when you talk facilities about stormwater management, you're not talking about these big buildings or anything that's just, that's sitting around. You're there's, I mean, mm-hmm. these are ponds. These are things in people's yards because it's also not just something for big development. I mean. Every home kind of has to manage stormwater.
1: Right. So stormwater facilities are actually practices, as you mentioned, like ponds. They can be gravel wetlands that are built, dry wells to hold the water on the site, even things like rain gardens. And um, we have other practices um, like step pools. Anything that holds the water back um, lets it have time to infiltrate into the soil and for the pollutants to settle out.
0: And that's also part of the recharge process of eventually recharging the water table. Correct. So let's talk about where all of this water goes once it's, once it's fallen from the sky. Once it's fallen as rain, it, it comes down on the pervious and the impervious surface, the parking mm-hmm. lots, the yards. It gets into the streams, and then where does it end up?
1: <laughs> See, right. So water all flows downhill. And we all live in a watershed. Um, there are several watersheds in Charles County. Uh, these include the Nanjamoy Creek, the Potomac River, the Tobacco River, the Zacchaeus Swamp, Gilbert Run, um, as well as the Patuxent River, the Madwoman Creek. Um, we have a lot of the Wicomico River. So we have a lot of drainage areas and these all run into the Chesapeake Bay and then further downstream into the Atlantic Ocean. So all of the pollutants that we put in here um, will eventually make it down downstream. So we want to keep our local waterways clean as well as the Chesapeake Bay.
0: You work with several different programs. Can you talk about some of the programs that the county has?
1: I work on the Watershed Protection and Restoration Program, and that is a program where um, the county actually has a dedicated fee for this program to support um, all the activities that we do. And the activities that I specifically work on include the Planning portions and the which includes water monitoring, so any of the planning documents, the restoration the watershed restoration documents, and then as well as tracking that through monitoring and seeing which direction we need to focus is basically
0: so on on a given day what's what's your day like? Are you out in the field? Are you looking at permit applications? Is it a little mm-hmm. of both? I mean, we mm-hmm. talk about what it is that you do.
1: Well, it's a little bit of both. Um, a lot, well, first you start in the office with your restoration plan. So that's kind of like your strategy to restore the water quality. And basically, I just focus on the stormwater sector. So we try to um, look at all the stormwater features and issues that need to be addressed. Um, it includes also going out in the field, um, looking at potential stream restoration sites or other restoration um, types of projects, such as stormwater ponds and that kind of thing. And we set up the plan of how to how to tackle that um, through other county programs.
0: Okay. When you talk about restoration, why are we restoring streams and why are, why restoration?
1: Well, the county ha- works is working towards clean clean water goals, and this is under the the federal Clean Water Act. But also, we have local goals to um, restore the county's waterways and to To get to a cleaner bay, a healthier bay, it all starts in the upper watershed, which is where we are. And so we sort of have to tackle our sources of pollution here because all of that goes downstream to the bay. And you've probably heard about all the the goals to restore the Chesapeake Bay and the crabs and the fish and all of that. So we start up here in the local areas to address it before it gets off the landscape.
0: Solve it early so it's not too bad. When it, gets, when it gets to the big open waters of the bay and the, and the ocean. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's involved with restoring the watershed?
1: Okay, well, for the stormwater sector, it includes several sectors, such as the agricultural sector and the wastewater treatment plants. But if, as I mentioned, I work on the stormwater sector. So for us, it's really controlling that volume of water that's coming from the impervious surfaces, catching it and managing it in different types of facilities that could either filter it or infiltrate it, or let it settle out. Any pollutants settle out um, before it leaves, as well as managing the volume be- so that we don't cause flooding and erosion of the stream channels and the rivers.
0: Okay. Now, is there a you said you mentioned something about a federal regulatory component? So there are, there are guidelines and rules that you absolutely have to follow, aren't there?
1: Absolutely, we do have very strict restoration requirements um, that are very difficult to meet because. Going in and restoring impervious surface that was built 30 or more years ago can be difficult. The neighborhoods are already built out. Um, a lot of times there's not a lot of space to put in new facilities. And and it just really causes a lot of disturbance to the community. Um, we have started this process in Charles County. And um, you may be familiar with some of the projects that we've done. We've Our first project was completed in 2008 over in the Carrington community. And we did two school wetland projects over there. Um, since then, we've also done um, a restoration in the Pinefield community. And also, you may have seen um, a gravel wetland at the corner of St. Charles Parkway and Billingsley Road, most recently completed.
0: And there was, wasn't there one in Bryan's Road, too?
1: Yes, we did a big um, underground storage facility in the Bryan's Road Shopping Center. So all of these projects, little by little, are addressing the impervious surface that was there prior to the regulations.
0: And that's when when the ground gets super saturated and, and, and we have mm-hmm. really heavy torrential rains. That's when the flooding becomes an issue. And there is, there is management to that as well, correct?
1: Correct. Um, Charles County definitely manages, requires the management of the 10-year storm to keep that on the property. And that's a storm... Um, frequency that would happen once every 10 years. So it's a larger volume, a less frequent storm, which we try to um, manage to uh, not cause any damage or flooding of downstream properties.
0: All right. Well, Karen, thank you so much for being with us. You're going to come back in a later segment and we're going to talk about some things. And when we get back, we'll be talking to Erica Hahn, another planner in the planning and growth management department. We'll be right back. The podcast you're listening to is part of Charles County Unscripted. Charles County Unscripted is your place for news, stories, and information from all areas of county government. To find more great podcasts, visit us at charlescounty.md.gov/podcast or find us on Apple Podcasts under Charles County Government. Welcome back. Joining us now is Erica Hahn, Planner with Planning, Growth, and Management. How are you doing, Erica?
2: Great. Thank you. How are you doing?
0: Good, good. Welcome to the show.
2: Thanks. It's good to be here.
0: Now, what do you do with Planning, Growth, and Management as a planner or stormwater?
2: Okay. Well, like Karen, we work very closely together. We both work in the Watershed Protection and Restoration Program within the planning division. And my position focuses a lot on the outreach efforts of the program. And outreach is a requirement of our um, National Pollutant Discharge Elimination System MS4 permit. So
0: That was kind of a mouthful there. Can you kind of, kind of, kind of let us know exactly what that meant?
2: (laughs) Sure. So, um, Water Act um, requires us to address stormwater to improve water quality and address stormwater pollution, and that trickles down um, to the state. Um, law under the Maryland Department of Environment. And here at the local level in Charles County is where we enforce all those regulations. So the state issues us a permit to address our stormwater and also address stormwater pollution. Under our um, National Pollutant Discharge Elimination System Municipal Separate Storm Sewer Permit, so I know that's definitely a mouthful, and that's why they abbreviate it to just call it MS4 because there's four Ms in in the in the in the title of the um, permit. So it's definitely a mouthful. So um, I focused on a lot of the outreach programs and. Um, We have a bunch of different ones, and I'll tell you a little bit about all of those. But I definitely wanted to um, start up by telling you why we have outreach programs.
0: Yeah, that was what I was going to ask. I mean, why is outreach so important?
2: Um, Stormwater has definitely become top of mind recently with all of the increased storm events and the severity of the storm events. Um, So we want to increase people's awareness about stormwater and why they should be concerned and how they can actually get involved in reducing stormwater pollution and also decreasing the potential for flooding by being good stewards of their envi- of the environment right within their communities.
0: Yeah, and coming up we're going to bring we're going to bring Karen back and we're going to actually talk about what you the listener can actually do to help improve stormwater quality and In Charles County. Right. So go on. What are the outreach programs that uh, you're you're sure?
2: So um, first I'd like to talk about our website. Our website is kind of home base for all things um, about the Watershed Protection and Restoration Program. We have a lot of information there. Um, We try to be as um, helpful and transparent to the citizens as possible. So um, any information they want to know is there. Um, Our website is charlescountymd.gov forward slash watershed. So some of the things they can find on our website would be Um, What stormwater is, kind of a Stormwater 101. We have uh, copies of all the watershed assessments that we've done for each of the uh, eight-digit sub-watersheds throughout the county that Karen mentioned. We have an annual report about the program and all of our efforts. And um, all of those reports for the last several years are available on our website. And we submit those reports to the state. As required, Um, we talk about how the county addresses stormwater, how it's regulated. All that information is there on the website for citizens to look at. Um, We have maintenance guidance documents on our website. So, commercial properties, residential properties, they all are going to have different types of what we call best management practices or stormwater facilities, BMPs for short. So, we have developed um, maintenance brochures to help people understand. How to maintain those facilities, just like your house, um, BMPs or stormwater facilities need to be maintained. Trash needs to be picked up, um, grass needs to be mowed, woody vegetation sometimes needs to be removed. If you don't maintain these facilities, they can go into um, disrepair, and they'll. It's very costly to repair them. So we're making an effort to educate people by putting those maintenance brochures out. We also have tips on our website about how to prevent stormwater pollution, and then also a lot of information about grant programs that citizens can apply for to do projects in their communities. And that includes a watershed assistance grant program, a forestry grant program, and a and our watershed restoration grant program. And these are all run through our partnership with the Chesapeake Bay Trust. So we encourage people to go to our website and learn about how they can make a difference and get Grants to do projects right within their communities.
0: Yeah, because I mean, water stormwater management is really everybody's concern. Right. I mean, it's 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 a pretty big deal. I mean, we saw we talked a little bit about Ellicott City, mm-hmm. and we know that it picks up pollutants. We know that it it runs off and eventually gets into the waterways where we get our fish and everything from. And I do believe that we have a commercial which talks about that, don't we?
2: Yes, we have a very uh, robust. Um, media outreach campaign going, um, both TV, digital media and radio. So um, we have a, a partnership with Comcast Spotlight, where we are advertising our public service announcements, and we have five different spots running. Um, on, on those networks. And the spots are aired on a variety of different cable channels, including Freeform and ESPN, HGTV. They've been running on some of the high-profile sporting events. I think um, one spot was even during one of the Caps playoff games, which is really exciting. Yeah, I,
0: I, I kind of know the guy that was in that commercial yeah. on the lawn tractor.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> So and they've been really well received. So there's a, a lot of different types of spots kind of focusing on different issues and different pollutants. We have um one called How the Storm Drain Works and it's a, it's an animated spot and a dog named Max kind of takes you through life of stormwater once it hits the storm drain and what happens to it afterwards and how what we're doing on the land really makes a difference and can impact the waterways based on what's being carried. Um, with the storm water through the storm drain system.
0: Yeah. Cause Max talks a lot about uh, pet waste. Yes. And that's, That's a problem, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it really is. That's another one of our spots, and it's titled Scoop the Poop, and it encourages homeowners to be good stewards and responsible pet owners by picking up their pet waste um, along the way when they're walking their dog. Pet waste has a lot of bacteria in it, and stormwater will pick up all the pet waste that isn't picked up and thrown into the garbage and wash it down the storm drains, and all that bacteria is going to get into our water waste and not only create a public health issue, but... um, it It's polluting our waterways. So homeowners can do the small act of um, stewardship by picking up their pet waste and throwing it in in the trash.
0: Now, you have some outreach stuff, and, and I've actually seen this and seen what you do with school kids. Can you yes. can you talk about that? The little model that you have with the sure with the water.
2: So I go to various career days when invited, or sometimes I get in touch with the te- uh, the counselors myself and see if there's any availability. And I um, tell them a little bit about my career here at Charles County Government, but I also bring a watershed model to demonstrate the importance of stormwater and reducing stormwater pollution. And it's basically a mini watershed. It's called an enviroscape. And I use sprinkles as mock pollutants to demonstrate to the students how what we do on the land um, can really impact our waterways. And then I explain to them some of the ways that they can do small acts of stewardship to help improve water quality and prevent stormwater pollution.
0: Now the 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 commercials and the outreach—it's all been received rather well, hasn't it?
2: Yes, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback. Our staff is only so large, so we can mm-hmm. only get out um, to the schools or mm-hmm. at public events so much. But um, radio and TV and cable television and digital media is a great way to reach a lot of our citizens.
0: Sure. So with all the outreach programs, with all the, the the efforts you're putting forth to get the word out there, what can county residents? do to help raise awareness about stormwater pollution in their own communities?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked. We have a relatively new program called the Storm Drain Stenciling and Marking Program. And this is a fairly common program throughout the country. Different jurisdictions have similar programs. And we started ours in the summer of 2017. And we've had a few groups Um, participate, but we're really hoping that we get increased participation. So we have pre-made markers that you put onto the storm drains and they, they say um, drains to waterway, no dumping. Um, So, and we have a special adhesive that you put on the back of the pre-made markers and you put it right onto the top of the storm drain. So with this program, the county, um, the program provides all of the materials, um, including the wire brush um, for, to loan out to remove dirt and then from the storm drain top, and then you'd apply these pre-made storm drain markers. We also have the option for people to do storm drain stenciling we have two kits of storm drain stencils that people can borrow from our program and then return them. Um, And so they're only responsible really for buying the spray paint. So the stencils are similar and have a similar message to the pre-made markers, no dumping drains to waterway. And then we also have different animals stencils that people can utilize to help increase awareness that, These storm drains are the gateway to our waterways, and everything that goes down to the storm drain eventually does make it into our waterways. So we don't want to be putting trash or motor oil or grass clippings that would clog the drains or anything like that down those storm drains. And marking the drains really helps raise awareness about that. So it's a great program for um Scout groups or homeowners association groups or faith-based organizations that want to do a community project or help raise awareness about stormwater pollution in their communities.
0: Yeah, it was actually back in the fall. I was up in up in New England and both in Boston and in Portland, Maine. They had little lobsters stenciled Mm -hmm. on the uh, on the storm drains and some of the manholes. And, you know, it said drains to uh, drains to the bay. And I thought, wow, that would be a really neat thing to have down here. And then I come back down here, and it's like, oh, yeah, we're working on that. Yeah, yeah. And it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, so it's definitely a, a widespread program throughout the country that people use. It's effective, and it's a great way to get our citizens involved with being good stewards of the waterways and reducing stormwater pollution.
0: So we will put into the show notes your email address, and people can contact you if they want to find out more information or want to get these supplies to Mm -hmm. go out and stencil some storm drains
2: right or they could also go straight to our website at charlescountymd.gov forward slash watershed we have the ability to apply for the program online and then obviously they can uh, see information about all of our other programs as well
0: awesome all right well erica thank you and we will be right back after a quick break thank you to know what's going on in the community? Want to get the latest news and discover incredible things to do in our county? Well, now you can, and have it delivered right to your inbox. Subscribe to Charles County Government's e-news and learn about special events and all the amazing things to do in Charles County. Visit www.charlescountymd.gov and click on the envelope to subscribe. Welcome back. I'm Brent Huber, and this is Inside Your County Government. And we have both Erica Hahn and Karen Wigan back here to talk about all the things that we can do to help with stormwater management. What are some of the things, Erica, that, that little things that people can do every day to, to help with stormwater management and keep the pollutants down and and make things really good for us?
2: Okay. Um, yes. So there's little small things that everyone can do on an everyday basis um, to help reduce stormwater pollution and be a good steward of the county's waterways and also the Chesapeake Bay. Um, I think we brought up the fertilizer and the lawn um, lawn stewardship earlier. So a lot of people use way more fertilizer than they need. So fertilizer can be great and make sure your yard look nice and green um, in the spring. But sometimes people forget to read the directions and they might just get the spreader out and um, put it on there. But it's really important to take a minute and read the directions and measure and make sure that you're only using the amount of fertilizer that you need. Because anything that... Um, any of the nutrients that aren't absorbed into the grass, they're just going to sit there on the lawn and wait for the next storm event. If, they, if the lawn doesn't need more, it, the, the lawn is only going to absorb as much fertilizer as it needs. The rest is going to get washed away into the storm drain and then into our local waterways.
0: And what's, what's going to happen when those excess nutrients get into our waterways? Because it, it can really cause a problem downstream.
2: Right. So excess nutrients causes a process called eutrophication. So basically excess nutrients cause, um, Algae blooms to occur, and when those algae blooms start to decay, um, the oxygen levels in our waterways decreases, and it causes dead zones, which is um, negatively impacts um, sea life like crabs and oysters, fish, so on and so forth. Because when the oxygens, um, when they have dead zones, the, the, there's lack of oxygen in the water, and it can um, cause fish kills and other negative impacts. It's yeah,
0: not a very good habitat for crabs to live in is right
2: it? so it negatively impacts um, the habitat um, in the Chesapeake Bay and also our local waterways and streams and rivers so another thing people can do is keep up on their car um, oil leaks um, obviously happen and um, other car repair issues happen but if people don't get those repairs done quickly then um, Automotive fluids are going to leak onto the street and they're actually they're going to get washed away into the storm drain as well. So just taking care of things like that definitely helps. We talked about picking up pet waste earlier, um, reducing the bacteria level, levels in our waterways by picking up pet waste and um, preventing that from getting into the waterways. Because these
0: are things that they just add up.
2: Yes, they add and up add
0: up and add up, you know you think I think well if i I don't pick this up or you know it's just a little teeny oil leak, but
2: mm-hmm. you know
0: other cars can have these oil leaks, and it just keeps multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and and we've done a really good job thus far the state has with restoring the bay, and it's these little teeny efforts make a huge difference, don't they.
2: Right. So we have made a lot of great strides in improving the water quality in the Chesapeake Bay, and we're starting to see that in the data um, over the last couple of years. However, things like stormwater pollution are the tough things to tackle because it is so widespread, and there are so many contributing factors to stormwater pollution. So it is, it's important for each citizen to do their part and get involved because – each little act each small act of stewardship adds up to make a big difference, and um, it really does, so that's where we need to concentrate um, our efforts in getting the word out there and encouraging people to um, to participate in that effort
0: now Karen, there's some programs that the that the county has that citizens and and, and home homeowners right in the county can actually take advantage of.
2: Yes,
1: we have a stormwater remediation fee credit program that homeowners can apply for. Um, and we actually give them a 50% reduction on the uh, fee charged on your property tax bill for three years for installing certain practices such as rain barrels, um, pervious paving, rain gardens, dry wells, um, or having even having your home landscape bay-wise, bay-wise certified by the master gardeners. Um, can get you a fifty percent reduction on your fee for three years, and we do it in three year increments. So, because these practices need to be maintained, um, and so that way, every three years you can reapply if you still have the practices maintained on your property.
0: So, if I go out and I install a rain garden or put a couple rain barrels up, I can get a discount on my taxes. Correct. <laughs> That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. And where can they? Where can people get more information about that?
1: It would be the same website that Erica mentioned. There's a form on the website, and you just download it. You can either apply online and upload your documentation. Um, We require pictures. Um, We actually require two rain barrels to be installed for the 50% credit. So you would just upload your photographs and your information on the website, and then uh, we process that on your tax bill.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, are there any other things that we can do to to help?
1: Uh, We just want to encourage people to really – Think about stormwater, um, about your actions, and just try to do your part. And I think together that we would really make a difference in this area.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Erica, thank you very much. Karen, thank you so much. Remember, stormwater management is an important function not just in our community and county, but in our own backyards. Do your part to be a solution to water pollution. Thanks for listening. I'm Brent Huber. Remember, you can find more great podcasts online at charlescountymd.gov slash podcast. Like this episode then head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We can be found under Charles County Government.